0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Cops. I am Tony Godwin.
1: And I am Brandon Poor. Thank you for joining us. Um, if you can't tell, I am not there because I am very much <laughs> A little head cold congested today. Yeah.
0: yeah, you sound very stuffy. You should uh, get one of those, what do they call those? Neti pots? Like you've stuck it up your nose and Yep. Steam it, it out it or whatever? It
1: feels like I've actually done it four times since yesterday. Oh. Uh, and it feels like you're like drowning,
0: Well, I don't think that's a great feeling. Maybe you should get your nose waxed. it will clear up your passage a little bit.
1: (laughs) It's terrible. Let me say this. Like, it really does feel like when you jump into a pool and water goes up your nose and you can't breathe for a split second. That's what I felt like yesterday with the neti pot thing.
0: So you waterboarded yourself. That's what you're saying.
1: (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. I know that you've wanted to do it many times, Tony, (laughs) but I did it for you. Um, and And I still sound like this.
0: So, let me uh, let me jump in because we have um, two very, very special guests with us in regards to...
1: We've been this, right? We've been talking about this
0: for a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, we've been teasing on it for a little bit, and we didn't uh, let the cat out of the bag. But um, as our listeners will know, over the last couple of weeks, we've had the uh, case study that involves Stephen Gross. Mr. Gross was so gross. Everybody will, I think, echo that. But uh what's special about today is that we've done something I don't think anybody anywhere in podcast land that I've heard have done this have you listened to any or no
1: No I've never actually you mean having the guest we are today Yeah no not not that I can remember um, so we're like let's pioneers. Introduce them and then we can talk about that, right? <laughs> I think pioneers is pushing
0: it. Well, it sounds good. I mean, we can in our own minds we can be pioneers, but yes. So with us today is you're gonna. They've been given randomly selected names from our cool random name selector, and the two random names that popped up were Carol and Nancy. And so Carol, say hello. Hello,
2: Nancy. Nice to be here. Hello, it's great so, to be here.
0: Thank you very much. And so Carol is. Nancy's daughter. No, Carol is Nancy's mom. Duh. Yes. I got that backwards. Carol is sitting right there with them. I am. And I'm sitting right here and they just looked at me like, no dummy, that was wrong. Uh,
1: So this is super exciting. Let me just remind you who we're talking to. Carol, the mom of daughter Nancy is, they are the two people involved in the last two weeks episodes involving Stephen Gross.
0: Correct. Nancy, now that was 10 years ago. It was. Pretty close to 10 years ago. A very long time. So um, let me give a little recap, I guess, of the the case study for those who may have uh, not got a chance to listen to it yet, but we'll go back. And so uh, when Nancy was... 12 13 ish i
2: think i was 13 yeah just turned 13
0: so there was a case involving mr gross we talked about it and what he had done and some very odd behaviors, some communications he had with a close friend of nancy's who was spending the night that's how the case started and he said some extremely inappropriate things he basically committed a crime by requesting her to um produce um, child sex abuse material uh, by, you know, and then suggesting, Hey, go take a shower and here's a camera and here's, you can take a picture. You can delete it this way, blah, blah, blah. All in a really bizarre sort of way uh, or why he felt that was normal. I guess we'll never really know that. But uh, what happened from that point on is uh, essentially we learned through the episode that um, Nancy had found some something peculiar in the bathroom of the home. And so from that point forward, the whole case sort of launched um, basically in our efforts to try to uh, arrest Mr. Gross as quickly as possible while trying to sort of deal with everything that came up as a result. It had a couple unique twists. There was uh, some cooperation uh, that... We don't really see a lot of, first and foremost from Carol, Nancy's mom, in regards to, you know, how to um, move this thing forward, protect her daughter, um, and not allow this guy to continue to do what he was doing. And then again, the cooperation we got from the extended family, Mr. Gross's family, uh, which ultimately led to a bunch of the evidence that uh, was used to convict him and put him in prison where he still sits. So this perspective, um, I was telling them before we started, I was like, they've been on my, on my heart for a long time because I always thought it would be a really good perspective for listeners to hear from the victim and the victim's mom who were directly involved in the case, um, to where we are today because so much superstars. Yeah. Like rock stars. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, this is, this is, um, uh, this is really cool. Like, you have no idea, I think, at this point. It seems it's always a little awkward, right? We got the headphones on and the microphones in your face. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time. And uh, this isn't any kind of gotcha. This is a highlight for you guys. This Because yeah. had you not had the courage to say something to your mom, yeah. had you had, had not had the courage to get things moving with law enforcement, we may not have ever been here. And as a result, who knows? what would have happened? Um, so, you know, one, congratulations to you guys. And so this yeah, is it's a-
1: weird talking into these faceless microphones, I know. And so you have more listeners than you can probably think of that are probably ready for us to shut up and listen to you talk because this is a first, like I don't know any other, um, times when we actually get to hear from the victim and and the victim's mother who are involved in this case directly. So can you walk us through kind of your take on how things started?
2: Go ahead. Um. Well, I just remember my friend coming to me and crying and, and so bad that it was like somebody had passed away or something super serious was happening. And I just remember we, you know, what happened. She told me everything and I was sick to my stomach. I was confused. It was shock. Um, yeah, I kind of just took off from there and I didn't really know what to do at first.
1: Do you remember what words she said were like, what, what was she telling you? Um, once she got past kind of the emotion of it and kind of tell us your, like what pops into your mind first?
2: Um, I think I remember her saying, um, she was scared to tell me because she was worried that it would break up my family. I mean, that's a scary thing to tell somebody um, with what happened. And, yeah, I don't know. She was so scared to just tell me. And I was like, tell me. You can tell me anything. It doesn't matter if you were hurt or scared or anything happened. You know, you have, right. you can be confident to tell me. And
0: Because um, you and her had been friends for a long oh, time,
2: yeah, right? I've known her since I was four. Yeah. Four or five. Wow. So she was but like, she a sister knows this to me. is
1: stepdad, right? Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And he was pretty close to her, too. I mean, we all kind of grew up together. Um but yeah. So
1: she says he says this terrible thing on the couch, um, talking at three in the morning, which we kind of, you haven't heard them yet, but we've kind of gone over the story and sort of commented on how weird it is for anyone, uh, let alone a stepdad of two teen girls to walk in at three and invite one of them to go watch TV on the couch. Right. But was that something that might've been out of the ordinary or was that sort of like how he was with people?
2: Um, that's just kind of how he was. Um, cause he would stay up at night and it was just normal for all of us, I guess. And, um, yeah, I mean, she felt confident with him too. I mean, she felt safe around him obviously up until that point. Um, Yeah, I mean, he was just. Well, did
3: she get up, have to go to the bathroom, like she couldn't
2: sleep? I don't know. Did he go wake her up, telling her, you know, I'm going to go to sleep, but and I remember saying this specifically. I said, if anything happens, wake me up, which is weird for me to say because I wouldn't say that around somebody I knew for all my life, basically. But yeah, yeah, I remember saying that, and I don't know if she got up to use the bathroom or she just couldn't sleep or. Well, let me
0: let me fill in a blank for you because obviously. I mean, you guys went through this, and and like I explained to you before we started recording, um, a good portion of this whole event, you guys have probably tried very hard to put this behind you and forget about it. And so you don't have or haven't had really the luxury, and that's that's the wrong word, but you haven't really had the ability to, you know, read up on everything because some things – you may not even be aware of. And so I don't want anything to be a shock, you know, like if you go listen to the episode, but what basically happened was um, Mr. Gross came to check on, like open the door to check on you guys at like three o'clock in the morning. And when he did that, uh, your friend was still awake. And so, you know, kind of just on her phone or whatever, couldn't sleep or woke up or something. And so that's what sort of prompted the whole, well, come out here and watch TV with Mm -hmm. me and, and then what prompted the whole thing. And so, um, because you were asleep and that's exactly what she told us. And then, you know, the things that transpired, um, while she was in the living room, obviously you too, Carol, were sleeping where you should be at three o'clock in the morning, where most people usually are. Um, right. And so, you know, I don't think you really knew much until when you woke up or she woke you up. I don't know what the circumstances were to kind of tell you what had happened.
2: Yeah. So me and her were the only ones home that morning. Cause it was my stepbrother's high school graduation. So he was up at the school and, um, Carol and Steven were at the store. I'm, i think somewhere yeah, doing something. Yeah. Um, and I guess we woke up, it was around probably 10 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I would say. And, um, she walked into my room just crying like I said and she told me and I was just a shock I mean you don't ever expect somebody that you look up to and that is a father figure to you and that you can confide in and somebody that you should trust um to do that so it was very much a shock I was very angry um
0: were you and I I want you to continue to talk about that a little bit but Were you angry at Steven or were you angry with your friend?
2: Oh, no, I was angry at Steven. I mean.
0: So no hesitation. You absolutely believed everything she said from the start.
2: Because there's no way she would have. I mean, no. Yeah, I believed her 100%. Um, Good.
0: Good for you.
3: Yeah. Then she'd just make up. Oh, no. This isn't. There were
1: some weird things happening, but this isn't something that you were like, oh, yeah, that sounds like what's been going on. Right. You didn't put those things together yet, did you?
2: No, no, I didn't know that anything was ever happening with him. I didn't know anything. This was like the very first thing that started everything. But um, it's not something that she would have ever made up. And just, I mean, she was shaking, crying, so just scared and I think heartbroken. And her privacy was violated. And I'm sure I can't even imagine what she was feeling that night when sitting next to somebody.
0: I mean, it's hard enough for us as adults to kind right, of comprehend yeah. it now, yeah. but to think back that you guys were 13, you know, like a uh, night, like uh, you can't even imagine.
2: I mean, yeah, because he could have, I mean, who know I mean, I'm thankful it was just a conversation, not thankful that it happened obviously, but right. it could have gotten worse. Um, and I'm just glad it didn't. But yeah, later that day we had to go to graduation. and I
1: got to your mom you what yeah i'm sorry tell us tell us how you got this how did this get relayed to your mother
3: so should i tell back that weekend well it was a couple days later before they told
0: (laughs) yeah we talked in the episode how you guys had a few things going on uh like a whatever slumber party birthday party i guess so
2: i'm guessing well i so that same day that my friend told me that um we it was my stepbrother's graduation, so we all went to dinner after that, and I'm the only one sitting with this information,
3: and I'm the friend wasn't there. No, this was, she just didn't the yeah. was just the family that went to his graduation dinner. And how did that make you feel?
2: I just remember thinking I wasn't really hungry. I couldn't. I was so angry and just like um, just in shock. I mean, I don't. You just don't think that would ever happen to you. And I remember. S- thinking in my head like this is the last time we're all going to be together as a family this is the last dinner we'll ever have the last get-together everything um yeah I was just angry
0: that's a really interesting perspective to have as a 13 year old kid um you know in in the sense that you I mean man what a mature thought to have
2: I mean little did I know that it would escalate very quickly because all I have in my mind is the conversation that was had but yeah, I that's what my question just... was
1: I know that there were a couple days with a whole bunch of activities going but was that just on your mind the whole time
2: yeah it was on my mind the whole time and I don't know why it's not like he ever did anything um to make me think that he was right. that way um, before that conversation but
3: well I think at your because it was your birthday party we all went your friend a couple other friends and then your friend. The victim, Mm -hmm. her mom, we all went to a favorite hotel downtown for your birthday party. Oh, one of those like sleepover,
0: swim party kind of things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Those are cool. So you guys were talking, you were at a birthday, like a hotel uh, having a little slumber party.
3: Birthday party and her friend, the victim, was there and the friend's mom because we were all really close. And. They didn't come to us. Even though they had the two moms there to kind of tell us what happened, I think y'all were able somehow to put it on the back. I don't think back. we
2: put it on the back burner. I think we were scared. Like, yeah. How do you... Well, yeah, of course. It's not a normal situation to, you know, obviously go to somebody about, but I think I'm pretty sure we told the other two girls that were there too and just kind of like, what do we do? Like, what...
3: Um. I guess y'all I don't just know. didn't just know didn't what to, know do. What to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I so Carol, was... they
1: come to you and tell you kind of what's going on.
3: Well, they didn't. No. They went no. to uh, the other girl's mom, the, the other girl's mom. stepmom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They so didn't she come to. It. How does it get to you then? Um, the, the friend's mom called me while I was at work and just said something's gone on. How fast well, can you get home? That was whenever. Um, I think a big detail of it is
2: that next day after the birthday party, I found the camera. Yeah. So, room. Right. that's a huge deal because I think that escalated at times 10. Um, right. So
0: and so let's, let's, um, we yeah, need to
3: back up because it was yeah. like before. So the conversation happened with the friend. Then we went to graduation and then there was a graduation dinner. Mm-hmm. Nancy's, you know, recognizing what's happened mad and stuff and then I think it was the next day we had the birthday party the slumber party at the hotel and then we come home from that
2: yeah so we come home from that and I didn't want to be home I didn't want to be around him I didn't want to I was scared Um well that's I a very to, normal feeling yeah I wanted to talk to my friends to know what to do Um and I don't think we would have we weren't going to hide it right. we were going to tell but it was just a matter of how and when sure so then that night I, I wanted to go to a friend's house and,
3: um, like we had just gotten home from the, the birthday party right. and I just remember you having an attitude. I was kind of starting to notice like, wow, she's really got like an attitude, but she's also, you know, just became a teenager and, but, right. and she wanted what to go, she decided she had she wanted to go spend the night at another friend's house and I was like, okay, that's fine and go get ready and yeah.
1: But that's interesting because, wait, we're always telling parents, like, because parents say, what do we look for? What? How right. do I know if something's happening? And so you saw an attitude or behavior shift in her even before you knew anything?
3: Right. And it wasn't that it was a major shift. I just noticed this attitude, which she would sometimes... Uh, teenagers, teenagers do that. Teenagers yeah. have... Uh, yeah, I didn't know. I, know. I noticed it. I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't really... Right. Dwell on. I just noticed, like, wow, she's got.
0: And I'm sure something you know,
3: going on. <laughs> or yeah. I don't even.
0: Well, as things progress, I mean, now you. Then it makes na- sense. Things yeah. begin to make sense as to why you see certain things. But this is one of the things that, like Brandon said, we highlight with parents all the time is like, when you start to see some consistent, notable changes, there should be some questions going on. Like, what's going on? Like, are right. you okay? You know, and this is a things.
3: point where hindsight for me as a mom hindsight was a good thing and but then it's a hard thing cuz the hindsight part's like well why didn't i notice that and there was something that had happened a few months prior remember your volleyball game a couple months before there was like a volleyball game and i was at work he was going to take you, and there was like just some weird thing. Like I don't remember exactly what I, happened. I, 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 I do recall what like you're like talking
0: a, about. Like you had told me once before, and there was a, some incident where you were gone to work, and at, you were at home. And I think either you had gotten home from a game or were going to a game. Something. Going you were, to a
3: volleyball you, game.
0: You were in the bathroom.
3: You were in the bathroom, and he was knocking on the door, or outside you the door. Me, and you're scared. Um. I I do remember that. God, it's been so long ago. I
2: mean,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. We to. we talked about that in the episode. Uh, and again, this is this is one of those things where there's so much that happened mm-hmm. um, in this case, and so I don't. Clearly, we don't expect you to remember every single detail. Um, obviously, I know it because I documented it through your version and your version mm-hmm. and other versions from other people and everybody involved. And so, um, yeah. So basically, you were in the restroom. You heard some some what you thought was Stephen outside the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was even a mention of his, um, like the you knew it was him because of the pants, like the
2: oh yeah, he would wear those um sh- windbreaker, windbreaker, like windbreaker pants. pants. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, now just for now, Tony's done the. I've Tony's done the little. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. What, what's that sound like? When how do you know that sound? What is what is it? You you recognize like, like
2: the sound of the pants? Yeah, yeah. Just the windbreaker. Like
3: the swooshing.
0: Thank you, thank you for that validation. Swoosh, 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 whatever. <laughs> that must
3: be on the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. Go back and listen. To it.
1: The sound of the nineties walking in. Yeah, the it is.
2: <laughs>
0: but yes, you're right. So that that incident happened. You were concerned enough to call mom and say, like, what's going on? Like, it's like he's right there at the door or whatever. It's just creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. And you called him out. <laughs> Mom, you called and we were like, what are you doing? And uh, I think he gave you some, you know, BS excuse about, oh, I was getting something out of the garage or whatever. And um, I don't know if, I don't remember if you like went home or something. I don't know if
3: you remember. I think I was, the timing with where we needed to be for the volleyball game and then where I worked compared to where we lived and then where the volleyball game was, I couldn't get home to pick her up. So he did have to take her and she rode with him and I got there as soon as, Man, I don't remember. I mean, that. it was, um, yeah. I got there right at when, you know, before the game started. So I was able to be there, but um, that was a bit stressful.
0: And again, <laughs> you know, you're talking about hindsight. But then it was things. kind of
3: like a thing. I mean, now I look, I didn't know what right. was going. I mean, you don't know all the information. You just know a way. Well, wait, what's, well what's it, it brings like, up a good she...
0: point about trying to process the things you're seeing and hearing and, and trying to connect the dots because that's not the person that you know you know the the person that steven was on the inside in his quiet time uh when nobody was watching uh, as we know is very different than his mm-hmm. public side than what he puts out to everybody you know um and so one you were invested in this you know you were married at the time and so it's those aren't things that you would be I don't think, you know, unless it's very consistent and very much ongoing that you would be seeing on a daily basis. But in sense of hindsight as to what's happened, then obviously we know. So you now, Nancy, you have gotten to the point where this whole weekend has sort of happened. You're sitting on this information that you're so emotionally, you know, unhinged about Um, with the full knowledge that somehow it's going to get relayed to a, an adult somewhere either your mom or she's going to tell her mom and something's going to happen from there and so what do you remember about that like what kind of got things kicked off you'd said you'd found talk yeah, about the bathroom so situation that
2: bathroom situation was really what um kicked it off i think because i you know we got back home from the birthday party and i went to take a shower to go to my other friend's house and um I went into the cabinet that we had in the bathroom, which wasn't um, it had little slits in it. So you could see through the whole um, cabinet and I was getting extra shampoo or soap or something. I don't remember. And there was this black um, box underneath um, one of the little containers in there. And I hadn't ever seen it before. I was confused what it was. So I kind of took it out of the cabinet and I looked at it and I kind of shined it at the light. And there was a green light and a red light on it. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I don't know what it was. Um Right. I don't know. I didn't know. So I kind of just hid it in the back of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what made me do that. I don't think I knew it was a camera when I first saw it. I just wanted to hide it. Right. Whatever it was. um, I fake showered. I just wanted to leave. I didn't want to be in the house. Well,
0: now, what do you mean? What's a fake shower?
2: I just turned the water on and acted like acted you were like going to get in the shower. <laughs> right. Um, Is it
0: because of what you, what that item was you found or more because you were just ready to get out of there, do you think?
2: I think I just wanted to get out. I don't know because I didn't know it was a camera whenever yeah. I first looked at it. Maybe I thought, because, you know, he he worked, I guess, with Craigslist. I don't really know. He would get cameras, jewelry everything online, repurpose it and sell it. Right. So I don't know what made me hide it in fake shower. I guess I just wanted to get out of the house as soon as possible. Right. And I remember going out.
1: Carol, I have a, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I didn't mean to cut you off. I want to know really quickly because before we go further into this, there are a lot of details that neither of you may know that came from other people or other aspects. So, um, it's understandable that you don't know everything, but, Talk about for a moment, Carol, your your attitude or your just your mindset at this because a lot of times we don't get parents who jump right into, you know, rock star kick ass mode. We get I don't believe that or no, it was probably a misunderstanding or other things that, of course, you know, people try and justify because they want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure there was a bunch of that. But I want to know, like, you were such a crucial part of of probably getting this stuff to stop. What's going through? Give us your perspective as mom uh, before we continue on with with Nancy about what she found and what she was feeling with that.
3: Well, <clears throat> I am. Um... I think when I found out what happened, I was in shock. Um, did you have doubts I,
0: or did you believe no, I what believed, you were told? I
3: believed everything they said. I was in shock that, wow, why would he do this? Um, but it kind of helped um, make sense of something that happened right before he and I had gotten married um, that fall before all this happened. Um where he was accused of looking in someone's window and that all i don't know if um i don't know there's just so many little things that happened that can you, can you talk about that To i just feel like there's like a couple of different things one so the one that i found out right before he and i got married i just remember i was at we were at home he was working on his car and uh i he got real i think i was trying to help him in the garage with the car and help you know, shine the light or flashlight or whatever. Cause he was doing something changing out wheels or shocks or something. And um, then he got real rude, like a lot of men do when they're working on cars. And I got mad at him and I went to bed, <clears throat> he was done. He put everything up and everything. And then, but he was sitting on the couch with his laptop open. I went to bed kind of mad, but I um, was reading before I went to bed and stuff and knock at the door, which was a loud bang, 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 bang. And I went to the door and it was police officers. And I was like, what is going on? And they said that they had him in the back of the car because he was found looking in the neighbor's window. And I was like, what? And But one of the police officers, were get, they brought me his wallet. <clears throat> which I thought was kind of weird like if they have him in the back of the car and then next thing I know he's calling me from the um, police department telling me I don't know sorry there's like so many different memories but um so they arrested he, him they arrested him but his story kind of made sense because he had left his his laptop just open he told me like you know I heard somebody out you know getting into the car and he was just looking down the alleyway and then all of a sudden you know the police were there or something and his brother went and bailed him out of jail that night and he come home and he's telling that's why I don't remember when he told me the story maybe it was like right because it happened really fast but this is all
0: before you guys got married this was like
3: two weeks before three weeks before he he was arrested
1: though see I think we didn't know I think we thought he got caught and then explained his way out of it but he was actually arrested for doing that
3: I believe so I believe he was arrested interesting there was yeah and because I think his brother had to bail him out so he must have been arrested but then somehow they I mean there was never anything that came of that so I don't know if there was ever there was never a court time so i don't know uh
0: if, you know i don't know um i honestly don't remember just from the time frame i mean clearly i could um research if they it just a took little him, more i mean if they no no took, if they took him they they did sure arrested him and so somebody would have had yes, to get I him don't out
3: know why that was kind of forgot i mean i don't know if that never came of that
0: but i'm guessing and and because obviously it's been such a long time i would assume when he got back home after oh, he getting bailed came, out, his
3: brother bailed him out and brought him right back to the house and i told his brother i was like don't bring him here I'm not marrying him. He needs to go. And Stephen is a very manipulative narcissist now, looking back. I didn't know that was what I was dealing with at the time. But, and he talked his brother into bringing him right back to the house and was, and then able to, you know, tell me all, and it made sense. And maybe part of that was true. And a
2: manipulator to where not only could he work his way out of a situation, but any detail that you could think of in your mind, he was already one step ahead of how to get himself out of it. That's right. the type of person that
0: he Big was. Time. And obviously so. these aren't things that you're, I mean, you know, for you, Carol, like you, you get exposed to this situation a couple of weeks before you're supposed to get married. And, you know, it's like, what the what? Like you were doing what? And But then he comes and, you know, like anything else, you, you know, a little bit of time and then maybe your anger subsides a little bit or you at least receptive to hearing some version of what he's going to say happened. And. You know, this is valuable for other listeners who are, you know, maybe in situations where, you know, things are going on and they're given explanations because we, from our side, from the law enforcement side, we hear it all the time. Oh, it was a misunderstanding. It was, it was this, it wasn't that I was actually trying to help or I was trying, you know, they changed the dynamic of the story to suit what they think Uh, Someone needs to hear to believe them and give them some credibility for forgiveness.
1: Anytime one of these scenarios is heard, there's that, right? There's the, that person knows what they're doing. So they're explaining away things as they go. And I know I've heard, we've heard comments from listeners. We've heard people around cases that we're talking about at case studies. They say, how couldn't you have known that? Well, it's easy when you've got all these details. Right. Um, So we kind of try and prepare people that like there, I say this a lot about one of the very, very popular Netflix documentaries about, you know, this kind of incident. And everyone's like, how could they have let that happen? But this is an exact example of that where Steven is very close with you, Nancy and your friend And he's like a father to both of you in, in those circumstances. And so you don't want to believe when he's got an answer, you can't, it's not, there's no, I mean, I, is it hard to look back and say all of this should have stuck out more because
0: again, because you're not looking for issues or whatever, you know, you're confronted with information that you believe 100%. Um, And I guess, you know, where he's going is like, there's no blame for neither of you, because we see that so much, yeah. you know, we see families who say, Oh my gosh, you know, I should have, should have, could have, would have, but it's no, Well, that's
3: what I'd like to just say as the mom going through this. I mean, I've beat myself up over the past several years at different times when I start thinking about it or it gets brought up somehow because i look at all the, like to me, hindsight is 2020 and it's kind of a, a B word because you think, well, why didn't I see that? Why didn't I stop this? Why did I? I should have left a long time ago, but I didn't know all the information. So that's a very you natural. don't know. You don't you, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish I had. I wish I could have known everything, so I would have known to leave. Yeah, and to not end up getting married to him. But I didn't know, and I wanted to believe yeah. the good. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It's hard. It's very yeah. Um, for one, so thing I can you... see how some.
1: Let's, Seven. let's put the disclaimer out there. We are, we are trying to let our listeners know, like that, that's how we see almost every case happen is oh, yeah. these guys are master manipulators and you are in a circumstance where you're, they're going to pull the veil down every chance. So there is no blame or guilt on, uh, from us on your part at all. In fact, you, I think that you know. Really, the thing that our listeners are going to take away from your story is that you're kind of a badass mom that that stepped in when yeah. you did see it and said, "Hell no, this isn't happening." And that's huge. Yeah. We don't see that as much.
2: And right. I think too, like me and my mom's relationship is so strong. I think we put, of course, each other before anybody in our yeah. lives. And I that's the same with the my friend and her mom. They're the same way. So I know the four of us were just so close, and we. Just believed each other. No well, I think what. that's
0: probably really, um, that's a good segue into what sort of transpired. Once an uh, an adult was told, which I'm, from my recall of the case, <clears throat> was your friend's mom um, was given the information. I, I know it came through like a stepmom first or something.
2: Yeah, so my friend, the victim, mm-hmm. um, she called me and um asked me to come to her house because she lived down the street and she didn't say why but i assumed that it was for that reason yeah so i went to her house i don't know when i got there how i got there i don't really remember the the nitty-gritty yeah but um i remember walking to her house and sitting at the dining room table with her mom and her and she had already told her mom the conversation. Yeah. Well, now I have this information about what I'm thinking is a camera or just something in the right. bathroom. So I mentioned it to my friend's mom. She pretty sure she called my friend's dad, mm-hmm. and then my friend's stepdad. So both of her dads came over. They found out. I think that's when they called you. Well, or, I think
3: they called the police first. I think it was the dad. Yeah, they did. Called the police. Yeah. they called the police. It was first like the police. And, you then and then called. Yeah, I was
0: going to say the cops were called. Because immediately your friend's mom is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah. when your mom found out, she's minute. like, what?
3: I think yeah. it took a minute for the police to actually arrive. Yeah. I if I remember, really. I was at work Damn again. Damn cops.
0: Never I around did. when you need one.
3: My dang mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was at work again and I was working with, I had a client. My friend, the mom called and said, she didn't tell me what happened because she knew I had a long drive and she didn't want to stress me out. But she was like, we have, an, you know, we have kind of an she's emergency. Saying, I
2: remember she saying, Carol. The girls are safe, but you need to come. You need to leave work and come to my house. immediately. And then I th- assume I think that's when the police showed up and you got there within, I don't even know, 15, 20 minutes. And it was all very surreal. It was a very out of body experience because that was you just don't ever think something like that could happen to you. And right. especially what it escalated to. I mean, this is still just the beginning, but now the police got there and I, they pulled on in a separate room and asked us to tell the story, like, you know, what happened. Yeah. That was pretty...
0: And did you relay at the time about what you found, the device, the item you found and made I, mention of that? Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. Because my understanding and, and having, obviously, the hindsight of knowing where the case went mm-hmm. from there, um, it, it got into hours of darkness, I recall, because at some point you were... You left work, uh, Carol, went over to kind of figure out, well, what that was a really odd call for me to get. And so now you're sort of up to speed with what's going on. And and my memory of this is you actually went home. And while you were home, uh, because you didn't want to, you didn't, you were in mom mode. You were like, you were becoming in the rock star mode, even though you probably don't even know it. You're like, if I don't go home by this He's going to start Mm -hmm. to blow up my phone and figure out where. He already had
3: calling her friend's house and the police were there. They talked to everybody and then he left sitting on the patio and we're talking like what's, you know, trying to figure out what's Yeah, what happen. now? <laughs> and then he started calling me, asking where I was, and I was like, oh, well, I came to, um, I think I had told him I came over here to pick up Nancy, and, and then, well, she's decided to spend the night. We're just talking, da-da-da. And I believe, and we, I don't know this for sure, but I believe he came and drove by the house and then saw the police car still sitting out there because the, that police officer sat in his car 20, 30 minutes, do, probably doing the report. There's no doubt in my mind that when he didn't I, see that police car. When I came no. out to leave, the police officer was still there and i was like oh great and i i think i thought we talked
1: about he was a he run guy he he liked driving by and doing different things like that. oh big time he
3: yeah i mean hindsight another one is i mean there were times where he'd follow me so wow um wow so early on in our relationship
0: i know as the investigation unfolded and uh, you know, for me to to look back to that particular night, because I know you shared that with me. You're like, you know, hey, the, the cop sat there for a while doing a report and and I'm pretty sure he knows what's up. And here's here's how I know for a fact that he knew he was on the ropes is because when you uh, after the party and you got home from your party and, and you didn't want to be in the house, obviously, with the information that you had and you were ready to get out of there and you may not remember or not, but the conversation we had um, at some point you know, during that was that he was insistent that you can go to that friend's house, but you need to take a shower first. And so when you went in there for that fake shower and you discovered that item. And so that's one of those uh, like sort of precursors to the to his undoing, because he knows what that item is because he put that item in there and it is a camera and he fully expected you to go in there to take that shower. And so then when you leave and mom takes you to that friend's house after that initial deal, he knows immediately he's busted because we find out later as the case progresses. And as we've discussed on the case study, um, things were missing at the time. Number one, the camera, so to speak, was replaced with the item that mom ends up recovering and bringing to me at the police station, right? And there's always this uh, this nervousness. Like you, you even said, um, Carol, when you know you had to go home eventually, and just his behavior was off the he chain. He's gone. Like right. I
3: went home, I was hungry. I or I had been working and was ready to eat. I go home and I'm trying to act like nothing happened. I didn't want right. him to know what was going on. I go home and he's nowhere to be found. I'm trying to find out where he is and he's like, "Oh, I'm he was getting, because I think we we're supposed to go on a camping trip or something that next weekend. And so he's supposedly going and getting stuff for that and da da da, And it was like hours before right. he came home.
0: And that's really paramount because what transpires within that next day. And, uh, and one of the things I want to highlight for our listeners and to give you more accolades is because there was a point in time when I had to call you on your cell phone. And when I called you, he was there and you immediately went into like detective mode and were like, Treating me like I was one of your clients that trying to make an appointment to come see you. And, uh, was the next morning. Right. So
3: that night, I mean, that night when he did finally get home. Right. I had to, like, keep him from looking at my phone. Nancy was blowing my phone up, trying to, I'm worried, I'm worried, I don't want you there alone with him. And I'm trying to tell him, oh, she's just texting me, blah, blah, blah. And I had to make up a story about, oh, she's just telling me about a boy. And I don't know, like, he would not stop. He had to look at the phone. So I kept deleting the messages (laughs) and then just went into this whole, I don't know, it was... That was a lot.
0: It's like self-preservation to, mode, really. Yeah, I really For did. both of you. The
2: perspective of that night was like the scariest night for, of this whole entire situation for me. Because I remember we were still there at my friend's house with the police and everybody was still there. And they had a plan of me to s- sleep at her house, obviously. Right. And for Carol to go home and act like everything was normal. And I guess in the back of my mind, always, I always knew that Steven was one step ahead. Mm-hmm. He was just that type of person.
3: Not that he was... I think you and I got really good at the game or something with him, at figuring out the puzzle of...
2: Like the three or four months leading up to all this, he was very, um not necessarily angry, but he was just like heightened. Like he always seemed like stressed out and like he would go through my phone and yell at me if I cussed through text to one of my friends. Hmm. He was very, I don't know, just on edge, I guess is the right word. But Was
0: that normal for him to just... Spontaneously go through your phone. Well, I
2: think it was because I was older. Yeah, um, I was in middle school, going into eighth grade. So maybe you had just gotten the phone. Yeah, like I it just was like the beginning it, so of the whole iPhone. I had Facebook for the first time, so it was probably right. just that. And I,
0: for us, parents took it over. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it was just all that. Yeah. But that night, and how Stephen was—he had so many guns, so many weapons, knives, everything—and so I don't know. I just for some reason thought that he knew what was happening. Right, um, and he just always seems
3: like the revenge, yeah, kind of person. And so didn't so- think
2: that Carol was going home to him by herself—that
0: had to be scary in itself.
2: I mean, I didn't think I slept a wink that night. It was terrifying, like it really was. Do You
1: ever feel like why is this taking so long to get through this investigation? I mean, I can only imagine from the outside perspectives. It it probably feels like what we do takes forever compared to you know, what you want to happen because you're having to sit at home and act like everything is normal.
2: Right. I think uh, I, knew- so I often wonder that. Yeah. I think I knew though, too, that there was a plan because I feel like he was the type to, I don't know, he was just so smart. He knew everything one step ahead, two steps, three steps ahead of everything. Well, and, and we didn't know um,
3: what that box was. I think we all kind of assumed it must have been some sort of camera, camera? or a listening device or something because it was just like, yeah. who has a box in there? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. in well, the and bathroom, I think I but, thought
2: it was a camera too because the green light and the red light and the green light was flashing mm, like a yeah. camera, you know, whenever the camera's recording like a red or green light will flash that it's yeah. recording.
0: So what I what I think, and again, we, you know, we have the luxury now of knowing the end of the story right. and so here, here's my my belief in this in so much that his world was beginning to unravel Mm -hmm. is because he knew immediately. And I know that because later, and we'll talk about this as we continue, but later on it makes sense. And probably from your guy's perspective, seems like he is one step ahead because in, in some regards he is because as soon as you left to go to that friend's house after the fake shower Mm -hmm. and you found that, device. What I know after the fact and only from the forensics that were done on the items that were recovered is he viewed that immediately. Like as soon as you guys left, he went and got that and pulled that SD card to review if he got the goods. Did he get you in the shower? Did he get this? Did he get that? And so he knew immediately he was in trouble because what did you do when you found it? you pick the dang thing up, right? And you're like, what the hell is this? You know, spinning it around. I know because I saw you on video looking at it, doing that much later in the case. But I think we're going to have to table this till next week to see where this goes because there is an evolution of how Mm -hmm. this is going, but it's really interesting to hear the dynamics of your feelings at the time because we're, we're, you know, I don't want to discount the fact that you're 13 years old and you're processing a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. and for you to be thinking you're more worried about mom who's got to go home and be with him and act like nothing's going on. I mean, that speaks volumes. And for you, Carol, to, to know, I got to keep the game up. I got to, you know, you're in that mom self-preservation mode. And so I think it speaks volumes and Brandon chime in if you uh, have anything to say, but I think, uh, for the moment, we should maybe table this. We hit the, um, bring back up what goes on from here because the dynamics of where this thing goes is, is kind of crazy. What do you think, Brando?
1: Yeah, no, I think that sounds good. I think our listeners, you know, they get to hear the details from us. Um, and, and, I mean, to be fair, the details are kind of what we can bring. What we can't bring is your perspective as far as what you're having to deal with, what you have to deal with in the aftermath. So I think we need to talk about that next time. And and I think that our listeners will love hearing about that side of things.
0: And you too. guys are good for coming back for another week. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, right on. Okay. So we hate to leave you hanging, but uh, keep tuning in, come back, because there's a whole lot more that we need to talk about. So thanks for your time. Brandon, you got anything? Yes, horrible congestion. <laughs> I hope that clears up before next week. All right, we'll talk to you. Thank you for listening to the Catfish Cops podcast, brought to you by Brandon Poor and Tony Godwin. For additional information and available resources, please visit our website, www.catfishcops.com, and click on the resources link.